This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. On today's podcast episode, I have a very, very special and very fit <laughs> guest with me, James Newbury. Hey, James, welcome. What's up? How are we doing? Really good, thanks. We were just having a chat before we hit record about how you're living on the Gold Coast. Now, I know you're from Adelaide originally, and that is for any listeners, that's where I'm based and it's winter over here so it's cold and it's quite gloomy today but the Gold Coast is where it's at it's pretty much I feel like all year round it's quite warm and sunny and you were saying today is an absolute perler today is no exception it is wildly good weather here um beaches are beautiful like the the cool thing about the Gold Coast is you can go to the beach 12 months of the year and it not be too bad and and like I was saying to a couple of friends it's like you can wake up at half past four in the morning and it's like the city itself or the Gold Coast area itself is like just dragging you out of bed at once you get out of bed at like half past four, which is wildly cool. And it's warm. And everyone's out and about really early. Yeah. Everyone seems to lead just a really healthy lifestyle there, which is nice because it kind of, then you've got no excuse, right? You kind of pick up on that vibe, but it's a beautiful place. Um, You sound super happy there, which is really, really awesome. So for anyone that has no idea who you are, I'm going to hand it over to you. Give us a little bit of a, give us the elevator pitch, I suppose, of who you are and what you do. Perfect. So my name's James Newbury. I'm 32 years old. I've spent the better part of the last decade competing in the sport of CrossFit. Um, it's actually my 13th season of CrossFit now. Um, so I started when I was uh, mid-20s and I basically used that as a, a bit of a tool for me to navigate through owning a business. I had two gyms in Adelaide, um, Soul 365 and CrossFit Beach Mode, and then I started competing um, internationally in 2015. I did my rookie debut at the CrossFit Games in 2016, competed again in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, My top placings, I was fittest in Australia for four years in a row um, and then fifth fittest in the world in 2019. Um, I've also had the opportunity to go and compete all over the world, doing all the stuff that I absolutely love and enjoy. Um, And I love... For me, it's always been a love of sport in general, loving getting outside, trying new activities. I love adventure. I like adrenaline sports. I love to surf. Um, I've competed in bobsled as well in Europe, which has been mega cool as well for the Australian team. So that was super sick. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just I, I'll do anything. I can get my hands on, like I've done loads of marathons, Ironmans, um, yeah, anything that's kind of testing. But the reason that I do what I like to do is because I love, number one, I love working on myself. I love working... Um, on my fitness, but I also love banking a ton of cool memories. The aim of the game is for me to experience as much as I possibly can for the time that I'm here on this planet. And I figure why not do it with um, the body that's been given to me and that's allows me to do all these amazing things. So why not? Yes. I love that mentality. That's awesome. I was, as you were speaking, I thought, well, you're clearly a high achiever, but you're also someone that throws yourself into things that you're not necessarily even aware that you're good at. Um, so you're clearly like hardworking as well, but there has to be a little bit of a, I'd say a genetic freak, but you've clearly got, um, I mean, a lot of drive and hard work, but the fact that you had, was it how many you were fittest in the world? I was fit. I was fifth fittest, fifth, um, in 2019. 
Unreal. Absolutely unreal. I'd love to just pick your brains on one thing. And that is when you're going into any kind of competition like that, you're going to obviously have to really back yourself a lot and your capabilities and, and abilities to do that. How do you get yourself into the right mindset before any kind of competition that you're, you're going into? That is a great question. And the thing that has always sat really well with me is to think of getting prepped and being psyched for competition and being in a really good mindset leading in all comes down to the things you do on a consistent basis. If anyone ever asked me that they want to go to the CrossFit Games, they want to compete at a high level or they want to excel in their business or they want to see some change in the way that they look, it's consistency. It's all the little building blocks in the lead up and all those little consistencies that you do on a daily basis, they build the confidence. So when you get to the competition floor, you know deep within yourself whether you've done the work or whether you haven't. So if I qualified for the CrossFit Games and then after qualification, I just you know, pull the handbrake up and, you know, take my foot off the pedal, I'll get to competition feeling way out of my depth, not feeling confident. But if I know that I've gone to, I've pushed every degree, every cell in my body to the nth degree for that whole preparation, I walk into that competition feeling so much more confident in my own ability, knowing that I'm as well prepared as I possibly can. And also knowing that I've taken every control that I have at my fingertips And I've maximized my controls and forgot about all the things that are out of my control, which is the one thing that you want to try and do is like, you can't control how, how fit everybody else is. You can't control Mm -hmm. how well everybody else eats. You can't control what the weather's going to be like, but all the things that you can control, that's the only thing that matters to you. And if you maximize every single one of those, you will walk into competition confident. Mm, I love that. And I think if you go into it with that mindset as well, and you knowing that you've put in the work on a daily basis or whatever habits you've had to implement on a daily basis, then regardless of what the result is, you know, you've gone in, like you said, given it your all with what you can control. Um, That's really awesome. I love that. So what I really want to have a chat with you today about is we call it veganism, I guess, adopting a vegan diet. Now we talk a lot lot about nutrition on this podcast and um, I also was vegan for I reckon about four years in my early twenties and I did it terribly. I had no idea about nutrition and I would follow all of these Instagram accounts. And I just thought I was making really good choices for my health by just eating pure plant-based foods. But I, I kind of went to the extreme, just kind of had like vegetables. I didn't have any, I had no idea about how important it is if you are following a plant-based diet to kind of do it properly. Um, So before we get stuck into that, I'd love to know what has been your relationship like with food from the beginning? Obviously, you're an athlete, so food plays a massive role in your performance. So when did you first become aware of what you were putting in your body and then how that was affecting your output? Well, I started, that's actually a good question as well. I started lifting weights when I was about 13 years old. I was playing rugby league at the time um, and I played semi-competitively Well, I played pretty competitively for 10 years um, before I started CrossFit. Um, I was playing at national level, made a couple of Australian teams. But when it came down to it, I had good coaching from the get-go. So I was training at the AIS and they were giving me feedback on how much protein I should be having, how much carbohydrate I should be having, like making sure I'm getting my micronutrients in too. So I was given a bit of a leg up in that respect. and, And these are things that we don't learn at high school. So I was getting taught all of those from extracurricular sources when I was going and doing these camps in basically holiday period during school. So for me, it was all about 
um, you know, I was just focusing on macros and it wasn't such a micro thing until later. The micronutrient stuff kind of came in when I was about 22, um, about a year or two after I started CrossFit. Um, and then it started, you know, delving into, you know, making sure I'm getting lots of antioxidants, making sure I'm getting all these other things that are going to help me perform to my ultimate. I wanted to be as best as I possibly could. And I also didn't want to do it just for the acute um, the acute effects that I was going to get and see on the competition floor. But for me, it's always been about extending my longevity. I wanted to make sure that my cells, my ligaments, my tendons, my, my knees, my hips, my shoulders were all still healthy by the time that I finished competing. So I could still surf, so I could still mountain bike, so I could still do all these cool things, still travel and not be buckled um, with arthritic knees and wrists and things that weren't working properly. So for me, it was always about supplying my body with the fuel resources and things that needs to repair and regenerate and be as long, uh, be as good for as long as possible. So it started from a young age around 13, 14, I started, you know, focusing on getting more protein in. Um, and I've been vegan now for about four years. So just after the 29, uh, 2019 CrossFit games, I went vegan, but, um, for me since then, um, it's been, yeah, it's been, pretty it's been pretty wild because initially i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm doing this for the animals for me it was very ethical it was an ethical reason but a lot of people said oh just wait until you get three months in you're gonna feel like trash wait until you get six months in you're gonna feel like trash wait until you get 12 months in you're gonna feel terrible and i was somewhat afraid that i would lose some strength i wouldn't feel great um but to me the the deep-seated aspect that i didn't want to cause any harm was more than that i i didn't care so much about how i was going to feel as more so i was focused on how I was making other beings feel. So since then, it's been fantastic because I've kind of put um, proof is in the pudding and I've hit all-time records on my list. I still run, I'm running faster than I was in 2019. I'm still seeing regular gains in the things that I focus on. And if I focus on running, I get better at running. If I focus on strength, I get stronger. And not just stronger for me now since being plant-based, but stronger all like since I was like peak fitness in 2019 i'm hitting numbers better than that so um yeah it's it's been an interesting journey but again like you said uh you're retraining all the things that we learned growing up if you're looking to do it and do it optimally there's like it's a whole nother it's, it's a curveball and you need to spend the time learning about where the biggest protein sources are going to be in a plant-based diet where you're going to find all the micronutrients you may need where you're going to get iron from where you're going to get zinc and potassium from and it just takes a little bit of time, but once you've got it, you've got to unlock and you've got it forever. Yeah, I, absolutely. Taking the time to educate yourself and understanding nutrition is going to be really key. And I think probably being organized as well, because there's not as much, I mean, you know, there's a lot of vegan cafes now and vegan friendly options, but not like if you were open to eating kind of whatever. And especially when it yeah. comes to protein, as you would know, with protein needs, it can be slightly more challenging on a vegan diet only because you're excluding, you know, a whole bunch of foods that do have a lot of protein in them. And so being organized, I think is really, really important. That's really cool to hear that your performance has almost increased since going and following a vegan diet. And I think that just comes down, it comes down to you probably doing it the right way and understanding nutrition and making sure as well. I think context is everything, you know, for you, it was um, an ethical decision that you made, but then also you wanted to ensure that that wasn't going to negatively then impact your performance as well as a professional athlete, which then meant you needed to do it properly. 
there's a lot of misconceptions, I suppose, about the vegan diet. Like you were, you touched on your fears about, is it going to decrease my performance? I'd love to sort of touch on those as well. And maybe why you feel like they are around. So people feeling like they will lose muscle mass, they won't be able to build muscle and their performance will decrease. Do you think that that's mainly due to the fact that people just don't understand nutrition and don't know how to follow the vegan diet properly? I think, yeah, I think it stems from a little bit of that. And then I also think it stems from social media. I think a lot of people want to, you know, instead of just, you know, promoting the thing that they love, they need to bash something at the same time. So, you know, to get people on your side, they want to do the double whammy and say, hey, this thing that I'm doing is so good, whether it be carnivore diet or whatever it may be. But also the complete opposite of that is vegan diet and it's terrible and this is why. So it's not... It's not to say that people can't do them do a vegan diet terribly, and a, a lot of people do, but a lot of people do an omnivorous diet terribly too, and mm-hmm. they're still lacking in magnesium, and they're still lacking in protein, and you know they're still lacking in a, a multitude of things and micronutrients. It's all the same, and and not not getting enough fiber or whatever it may be. Um, but I think it just probably stems from people just you know wanting to be really outspoken about it, whereas I am definitely not that type of person I, I i like i despise it like i don't want to be outspoken about a particular thing i'd rather just go out and do the things that i love to do and show people in my actions and just not say a word about much at all but just you know pop a video up of a pr deadlift um and people will then just come and ask me the question and then i'll elaborate if i get asked but i never want to be the one to go out here and just tell people like this is the only way to be because i know it's not like everyone is so individual and everyone has completely different makeup down to down to their genetics down to their gut microbiome down to everything and the way that they live their lifestyle and going to a completely plant-based diet overnight um kind of like what i did is not going to suit everyone and people will suffer and people will become more unhealthy if they do it and don't do it correctly so i also understand that too it takes time for the transition to take effect um and unless depends how much you're willing to commit to it. I'm like, I'm an all or nothing type of person. I was just like, yep, let's go easy decision made. Whereas for some people it takes, you know, you want to dip the toe in the water a little bit first, try it out. But I can honestly say, and this is like from the bottom of my heart, I can say, I feel no better and no worse than the day that I changed over to a completely vegan diet. It hasn't made me superhuman but it also hasn't made me feel like shit either. I feel exactly the same. I had good days back then and I had bad days. And today I still have good days and I have bad days where I feel somewhat tired sometimes or sometimes I'm feeling like jumping out of my skin with energy. But that was the same before. It, mm. I'm, I'm not putting down any any of my recent PR lifts, um, any of my recent you know um, running, running PRs either. I'm not putting them and dedicating them towards a vegan diet. I put them down to the training and making sure my diet is in check regardless of whether it's plant-based or not. What I find funny about that or interesting, I'm going to ask you one question, is prior to going vegan, would you say you ate pretty well then as well? Yeah. So you were in it, yeah. yeah. And I think what can happen is, is with any kind of diet, you know, not just focusing on becoming a vegan or switching to a vegan diet, is that people decide they want to make a change because they feel like shit and they're not looking after themselves. They're not eating properly. They're eating a lot of processed foods. And so they go, do you know what? Like I'm going to make a change. And then some people will make a change into veganism or they'll, I don't know, they'll do keto. And because there's such a massive contrast, now they're actually starting to feel their body properly. 
they start to feel so much better. And sometimes I feel like that can absolutely have something to do with that diet working really well for that person. But I think most of the time, it's just the fact that they've cut out so much garbage and they're starting to eat really well and they're getting all of those proper amount of macronutrients and micronutrients. And that's really the cause of them feeling a lot better. Um, And it's not necessarily you know, to a degree completely, the diet itself. It's just that person actually fueling themselves properly. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it also comes down to when someone makes a drastic change in their life, they want to feel something, so they feel something. And yeah. it come, like sometimes it's a bit of a placebo effect, but also, you know, when someone makes a complete change in their diet and they've, you know, they've gone from eating rubbish to eating real food, they also probably take into account you know, getting to bed on time. They probably get out and they're just like, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk um, and I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to go get some sunlight for a bit. I'm going to take my shoes off and go and walk in the water at the beach. All these things and the way that they interact, they just have a better outlook. And it's just the whole process, like you said, there's multiple factors that are contributing to them feeling better. Yes, the diet is definitely giving them nutrients that they were probably lacking in before, but the whole mindset towards I'm making a change for myself is such an empowering thing for most people. And that can really be the spurring effect and the thing that as to why they feel the way that they want to feel. It's just like they're almost bringing it on themselves and they're generating it from within rather than what they're consuming. Mm. Yeah, it's like a complete lifestyle overhaul. And then I think people underestimate as well the importance or the impact really nutrition and just leading a healthy lifestyle can play not necessarily just on our physical health, but our mental health. And then from there, you know, we also talked about, you mentioned gut health as well and how much that can impact positively or negatively kind of impact somebody as well. Um, And there's so much interesting research about the connection between mental health issues and gut health as well. And as someone starts to improve their gut health, how they can actually start to think better um, and really improve their mental health as well. Sort of all of that adds up to creating this transformation for someone where it's, it isn't just the one thing that they've changed that has changed them. It's the whole lifestyle change that has really, you know, made that massive positive impact. I just want to touch back on like what you mentioned around how your diet was, was fairly good prior. And I think like with diets, there are principles that apply to every single person on the planet. You know, we all need, there's essential macronutrients that we need in order to survive and then to thrive as well. And then I kind of see that as, you know, if we're building a house, that's kind of the foundation of a house. And that applies to every single person. If you don't have that solid foundation, you can try and go vegan, you can do any kind of diet, but the house will crumble at some point, right? Because you haven't got that solid foundation. On top of that, we look at lifestyle and then also, you know, for you, you spoke about um, it was a it was really a, a decision where it didn't align with your values potentially continuing to eat animal products as well. And that really plays a part as well. And then that kind of creates the house, right? So then we have that solid foundation, the solid walls, and we're feeling really healthy and we've got something that we can stick to that gives us that longevity Um you know, in the long term. And I think that's going to be different for every single person, whatever that kind of looks like. I'd love to touch on, um, I guess, with transitioning to becoming a vegan, so having animal products, what kind of changes, I mean, there's obvious changes in your diet that you made, but what yep. what sort of changes did you need to make or be more conscious of once yep. getting rid of those animal products? 
Yeah. So that's, that's probably the biggest question I get is like, what things did I replace for what? And for me, um, it was like, you know, I substituted chicken for tofu and I substituted beef for tempeh. And then, you know, it was, you know, pork for, for black beans and kidney beans. Um, and then it was like fish for chickpeas. So I just went through and I found, you know, six of the most protein rich, easy to prepare types of food. And I transitioned out for the things that I'm having on a regular basis. That was the that was the major thing. And for me, I wanted to kind of stick within around about the 1.8 to 2.0 um, grams of protein per kilo of lean body mass. And I just took my overall body weight and I just used that as a bit of a guide. So I'm 87 kilos. So I just worked out with my 1.8 to 2.0. And I try and stick within those realms. Some days I don't hit it. Some days I hit it and some. So, and I've never been one to just be I don't need to be precise on a daily basis to make myself feel good. I understand that some days get away from you. I understand that I travel a lot and I was, and I don't want to be the type of person that, like I said before, I am pretty much an all or nothing type of person, but in, in one respect, I'm like, you know what decision made, let's go. But if I don't have a day where I hit my protein requirements, it's not the end of the world. And I know that the whole week's not going to come to an end. And I don't need to, you know, start from the get go again. That's not like me. It's just like, you know what, if I hit 120 grams of protein today, um, then so be it. I'll try and make it up tomorrow. Um, but I was basically, I just looked at all the things that I needed to get, which was carbohydrates, proteins, fats, the carbohydrates and the fats were easy to do. I was eating those anyway. Like I was looking at, you know, um, rices, nut butters, nuts, seeds, those types of things, those types of things and things like avocado. And these were part of my diet prior to transitioning. So the only thing I really had to focus on was like, cool. What are the best protein sources and how many of them do I need to get in a meal to get a broad spectrum of amino acids just so I'm getting a good mm. broad pool of them? And that was it. And that's all I had to really learn. Just learn about the best protein sources to hit, making sure I'm getting in 150 to 170 grams of protein a day, which is a lot less than what I was having before. I can tell you right now, I was probably aiming for about 215 grams of protein when I was eating an omnivorous diet. And I'm having about 150 to 160 on average per day now. I have not changed weight. I feel exactly the same and I'm stronger than I was before, but due to obviously just the training aspect. But I try and think to myself, that extra 60 grams of protein or 50 grams of protein that I was having before, how much of an effect was it having on me? Yeah. Was it good? Was it, was it bad? Was it taking a toll? Was it not taking a toll? Was it using up more energy to process it? Um, you know, what was the, what was the factor and where was that going and what was it doing? And so far I've been unable to figure out if it's, if it made me worse or, or better by having that extra 50 grams. And so far I, I've just come to realize that I just didn't need it. Mm. Like I feel just as good um, now just without the 50 grams less. But in saying that, I think a lot of people probably under eat their protein um, but for me, it was a very easy transition. I had to focus on one macro and I was getting my micros before I was, I loved my greens. I loved my sprouts. I loved my mushrooms. I loved my fermented food, all the things that I kind of look for. And I tell people like, look, keep it basic, make sure you're getting in good quality whole foods. And then if you can add in some sprouts every day, add in some mushrooms every day and add in some fermented food. And you're probably going to be kicking goals, like do the basics really well and you'll be crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I want to kind of transition into Fiber, which is your supplement brand that you've created. Um, you mentioned there with protein as well, making sure you're getting different protein sources so you're getting all of those essential amino acids. So for anyone listening, a complete protein source has all of the essential amino acids within that. And that's what kind of we want to ensure that we're getting on a daily basis. And 
obviously from vegan, um, a singular vegan protein source won't usually, won't have all of those. So it is really important to get a diverse range of food. If you are actually, not even if you're just following a vegan diet, I think for gut health, for all of us, we should be getting a a wide range of foods within our diet. But what is so incredibly helpful is a protein powder. (laughs) Absolutely. even, you know, even if you're not vegan, I use one as well. I actually, yeah, I use one as well, just purely for convenience. Um, yep. And so let's talk about the brand. What made you, I guess, why was it born? You're obviously very passionate about nutrition and it's obviously benefited you in your life as an athlete too. What made you want to start it? And and maybe then transition into what kind of products you created and why? Yeah. So uh, like you just hit the nail on the head again, it's uh, we live such hectic lifestyles these days that having someone, you know, some people can commit to doing their meal prep perfectly every week. Some people don't have the ability to do it. Some people are, you know, strung out. They just need something. And I wanted to create something that I could passionately recommend to people as a better option than what is already out there. And that was making sure that You know, if they're using a protein powder, that they're getting a good quality protein source, they're getting a complete protein, they're getting something that's going to help with digestive health. um, And they're also going to get something that tastes good at the same time. Because what I've noticed so much is that if it doesn't taste good, people aren't going to have it. So for me, when I was competing and when I was training so much, a lot of my calories came out of smoothies. I love smoothies. It was basically pre-digested. It was all blended up and, and munched and mulched. And if I wanted to get, you know, 700 calories or 800 calories in, in a really quick way. So I could get back to training or get back to my next meeting. I would put everything in a blender, like from, you know, almond butter to coconut water, to a bit of creatine, some protein, some, a handful of spinach, some berries, um, put in some maple at the same time, blend it all up. And I'm getting a really nutritious, uh, protein rich, carbohydrate rich, fat rich, and micronutrient rich smoothie. I could down it very quickly and I could be on my way. So I basically lived on smoothies throughout a lot of my training career because it was so convenient and I wanted to create something again that I could be passionate about. So when we look at a plant protein and because I'm vegan, I wasn't going to make a whey protein or a, or a WPC or a casein or a collagen, I wanted to create the best plant protein I possibly could. So number one, we looked at amino acid profile. With the amino acids that we have in fibers range, we use four different types of plant protein. So we're getting a full spectrum of those amino acids that we need, especially those branch chain amino acids and the nine essential amino acids that we need as building blocks for everything else that we need. So we use a combination of organic pea protein, watermelon seed, pumpkin seed, and sunflower seed to bulk out the amino acid profile. So it's complete protein. And you're also, by doing that, you're also enhancing the leucine levels, which we need for that mTOR pathway to be activated to for growth, muscle recovery. So we sit at around about 6% leucine. So for every scoop of plant protein or fibers plant protein, you get, you get 1.8 grams of leucine which is better than most. And then on top of that, we wanted to look at digestion. So we gave it an ultra fine meal and typically with plant protein, it's grainy, it's gritty, it's sandy, that texture isn't great. So by fine milling it, we make those protein molecules hydrate better. So not only do you get the smoother mouthfeel, but you also can absorb those nutrients a lot easier. On top of the digestion part of it, which is a big thing about fiber, we we talk about gut health so much and looking at ways that we can enhance gut health because of the gut gut brain connection, the gut muscle access, the gut fat access, the gut hormone access, everything comes from the gut. Our immunity comes out of there. A lot of it sort of sits in that gut microbiome. And if that gut microbiome isn't in check and it's not getting fed diverse ranges of food and prebiotic fibers, 
it's going to struggle to produce all the cool compounds that we need to combat inflammation and fight disease and all these other things. So we also added in a ferment into this uh, plant protein. It's called gut matrix. It's basically an aloe vera ferment with probiotics. So we took aloe vera as a prebiotic substrate. We fermented some probiotics in there too. And then all of those postbiotic compounds that are generated in that fermentation, we collected all of those three compounds, put them back into the protein and blended it through. So you're also getting a gut tonic at the same time. So it helps you assimilate, absorb, and it's nurturing for the gut microbiome at the same time. And then we also played around with uh, taste profiles and it took us a while to get the right ones and figure out what people like the most too sweet, not too sweet, um, you know, too mommy, like everyone's a little bit different, but we found a happy medium. So for us, it was creating a really clean, pure, all natural plant-based protein that covered all the bases in terms of gut and digestion and also amino acid profile and keeping it low in carbohydrates and fat. And mm. that's kind of what. We Love that. Serves a few purposes there, not just yeah. the protein itself. And you're right. Like, I I um have tried several plant proteins and some of them are just absolutely foul and they tend to be quite grainy and quite thick and then they don't mix very well as well and that's always been the complaint of some of our girls too who are like give us some recommendations because plant protein tends to just not taste the best so that's really cool you've also got a, a range of different powders as well I would yep. say green powders but they're not necessarily green powders are they no they're not so we have a product that is in the green space or the wellness space and that's yeah. called super browns awesome so you've also brought out a line of greens powders as well and some other colored powders yep. <laughs> explain yep. to green. us <laughs> yeah explain to us what they are and uh, i guess like their benefits yeah for sure so what we talk about so much in our podcast that we run which is called the fiber performance podcast is we talk about color diversity in what we eat and what we consume. And what this helps us to do is to get a, a, a variety of prebiotic fibers. And also, and this is the reason why we called fiber and we, we spelled fiber with a pH is to get all of the polyphenols, the phytonutrients, the phytochemicals that come along with those fibers to help the gut microbiome create more diversity in their postbiotic materials. So if we just feed the same thing over and over and over again, we're going to be feeding the same gut bugs. We're going to be giving the same fibers and they're only going to be fermenting a, a certain few um, types of postbiotic material or short chain fatty acids or en enzymes or whatever they may be. And we just want to get diversity. And from what we've seen in the gut microbiome is the more diversity in gut bacteria species we have and the more diversity in our diet that we have, we can create more postbiotic compounds and the more diverse, the less sick we are. And the more opportunity we have to combat things like inflammation, um, oxidative stress, all the things that ail us essentially. So when we talk about that, we look at a plate and I just try and get as many different colors as I possibly can, as many different types of plant food. So I just aim for 40 per week, 40 different types of plants per week. I might have one type of sprouts once a week and I might have, you know, basmati rice five times a week, but that'll combine and that'll be two. So the idea is variety. And when we talk about greens powders, we talk about, just consistently keeping every single thing in that product green because everybody thinks green is the only healthy color. But really, there are pinks that are healthy, like dragon fruit. There are reds that are healthy, like capsicum. You know, there are yellows that are healthy. There are there are a multitude of colors that we're missing out on by just having a greens powder. So we came up with super browns. And super browns, it does sound like it tastes terrible, but it tastes wildly good. 
But essentially what it is, it's a mix of all the colors. It's getting in all of the, the blues, the reds, the purples, the greens, the yellows. So you've got things like watercress in there. You've got things like uh, cranberry. You've got things like pomegranate. You've got beetroot. You've got inulin. You've got diatomaceous earth. You've got pine bark and oak bark. You've also got adaptogens like dang shen, ashwagandha, uh, ginseng. Um, you've got attractolides in there. You've also got uh, fulvic mineral pitch. So you're not just getting the greens and what comes in green food, but you're also getting all of the other colors and the full spectrum of what you would see in, uh, in nature. That's the idea is to give you a whole body tonic that nurtures and helps the brain, the heart, the lungs, the blood, the hair, the skin, the nails, and everything the whole way through. It also helps with, you know, helps with detox. Um, you've got humic acid in there. You've also got Shazandra, which is pretty much good for everything. So you've got all these combinations of all the coolest superfood, if you will, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, tonic herbs, all compiled into one and not just keeping it green because that's what we're going to limit ourselves to. It's got all the yeah. colors in there. So that's essentially what it is. Unreal. And I think like going back to convenience as well, like people want to make the best decisions they possibly can with their health, but it's time. And it's like, okay, how am I going to get all of this into like my daily diet? And I'm assuming this is something that people would have on a daily basis, like a scoop. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a daily whole body tonic that you can just take in the morning or at nighttime, whenever you feel like it, you can even put it into a tea if you want to put it into a tea. Um, But Again, it's just a, it's an insurance policy on an already good diet. It's mm. just topping up on all the things that you may be missing, but also helping you adapt to stress. If you're running a stressful lifestyle, the the, the maca root and the ginseng and the the dang shen and the astragalus are going to keep the immune system functioning well. They're also going to help you uh, deal with the cortisol and how much we are running ourselves ragged on a daily basis. But again, it also tastes wildly good which is typically not what you get out of greens powders. Green powders taste bad enough and you think super browns, oh, it's going to taste terrible. But again, we worked really hard on using nat- natural aroma oils to make it taste really nice. Um, so my boyfriend tried it. He got his in the mail last week and it was really late at night. I reckon it was like 11 p.m. and we were chatting on the phone. He's like, I'm going to try some. It takes a squeeze of it. He's like, he's like, oh, my goodness, no, I think I've taken a pre-workout because this tastes too good yeah. to be a, <laughs> a, yeah, a green powder. powder. Yeah, exactly. I know. I, I couldn't be more stoked with how well it turned out. And the cool thing is about it is it's just a top up. It's a top up and insurance policy. And it just gives you a little bit for everything in the body. And, you know, if you lack, if you feel like you're lacking in minerals, it's going to give you a top up of minerals. It's got things like diatomaceous earth in there. So it's going to help with detox pathway. Um, but the fulvic mineral pitch in there is wildly cool. And it's, it's, it's basically... A, a complex of all of the minerals that you and trace minerals that you potentially are missing out on just all jam packed into one little thing um, that you just add in just to a daily routine. Very convenient. Chuck it in water on ice with some mint on top and you got yourself a mocktail as well. Unreal. Unreal. Well, I was going to say massive congratulations. You're clearly very passionate about what you do, very knowledgeable. And uh, I'll link uh, the, I guess the website and maybe your Instagram as well in the show notes. So if anyone wants to check out the products, they can easily get the link that way. But thank you so much, James. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and I uh, hope to speak with you soon. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. 
And that is a wrap for this week's podcast episode. I had so many more questions I wanted to pick James' brains about for nutrition, for performance, a whole range of different things that maybe we can get him on for a round two. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please, if you enjoyed it, take a screenshot of it, share it onto your stories. Make sure you tag me. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a rating and a review. Send a screenshot of that to me and you will go into the draw to win a $100 gym shark voucher. All right, guys, until next time, big love, Coach Tash. Coach Tash.